Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Pastor, first of all, how are you? Good? I'm doing good, Mike. Yeah, doing it's well. good to see you. You know, it, it, and I don't do this on purpose, yeah. but about every other guy we have on has some tie to Oklahoma. Boomer Sooner. Oh, Boomer Sooner. <laughs> You've been singing Boomer Sooner for an hour now. I'm sick of it. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, and you know what? You were shocked to see this guy played at Oklahoma and they won a national championship in baseball. Well, if they well, did that in football, man, you'd know all no, about no, hold it. Hold on a sec, man. I, hey, I was always pull, I'm always pulling for the Sooners. So uh, when they were in the what? World Series, I mean, it was 1994. Yeah, you, and you know what? If it was 94 in football, you'd tell me play-by-play play how they won it. <laughs> no, I'm hey, a baseball I'm guy, t- Russ. Don't man, let me fool you. His name's Ken Keltner. He better be a baseball guy. <laughs> Our guest, I got. I was a big fan of his. I'm a baseball guy. Loved watching him pitch. And when Tom Roy from UPI passed his number along, man, I just uh, I called him. I got a little nervous before I called him. I, I did. Stratomatic. <laughs> you know what? All that stuff, man. He was my guy. Russ Ortiz. Russ, how are you today? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Thanks. Man, we really appreciate your time. Hey, before we get into a few things, you know, doing some research, you're a big golf guy, right? Yes, love golf. Love, love golf. golf. I used to, before I worked for this radio stations, and this is a long time ago now, I worked for a company, and we put on um, celebrity players tour. We put on the golf tournaments here in in uh, Lake Geneva. Um, we put uh, we helped run one in Las Vegas. And I'll tell you, the baseball guys, Rick Roden used to win these tournaments all the time. And, man, that guy is as solid a golfer as I've seen. We used to have these guys come to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin and play. And my favorite story was I was was following, because I worked the event, I was following a group with Andy Van Slyke. And it was a par four, and it was a dog leg left. And Andy Vance, like, hit one off the tee, just a monster drive. And he said, pick them up, boys. We're dancing. I said, you're not dancing. It's a par four. He said, pick them up. We're dancing. I said, Vance, like, there's no chance you're dancing. He said, come on up. And these guys were all laughing because they've been playing the round of golf with them. It was like the 12th hole. And the one guy says, look, he hits bombs off, but he can't putt to save his life, man. So we drive up to the green. Vance, like, he just cut this he cut this hole in half, hit it over some trees, hit it about 300, and he was sitting on the, on the, the green. And I said, that's unbelievable. He said, man, if I could putt, I'd be dangerous. These guys are doing all the putting. I just, I just drive, man. I'm the driver, and these guys are putting. Do you, uh, do you get a chance to play in any of those uh, tournaments and stuff? Uh, well, I've done, I've done some uh, 
U.S. Mid-Am qualifiers, U.S. Am qualifiers. I've done a couple of U.S. Open qualifiers. Um, I played on the Golf Channel Am, Am Tour uh, a few times. And uh, I played a couple events. They had uh, here in Arizona, they call the Championship Players sure. Tour. Um, and uh, and I think uh, I might, I'm going to uh, try to connect with the guy from the Pro Players Tour um, and uh, see if I can get involved with that. And, you know, right right now, my, my I guess, golf dream for the time being is to play in Lake Tahoe, you know, for the, American Century Championship, and um, so yeah, so I'm I'm trying to figure a way to where I can, I guess I don't know, get in somehow, sure, on that and then see if I can compete. You know, and I think I can. So that's awesome. Um, but we'll see. We'll try. But I love, yeah, I love golf, and I started a golf apparel company partly because I love golf and and uh, and helping people, and so we uh, you know we do some cool things with with the golf apparel company. You know, be, before we put those tournaments on, uh, I was asked to come out, the sports marketing company I worked for, I was asked to come speak for at a, at a, um, a double A, uh, double A league baseball league, their marketing meetings, they were having them just out of Atlanta. And they asked if I would come out and, and, and do a half a day on sports marketing and some of the things that we did. At the same time, there was the John Smoltz Celebrity Players Tour going on in Atlanta. So I called them and said, look, we're going to be putting this tournament on. Can I get, uh, can I get a pass to just kind of walk around and watch how you guys run and, and Smoltz, how he runs his tournament? And they said, sure. So I flew into Atlanta. I drove over to the tournament. And I had an all-access pass. And I told people, here, I'm a basketball coach, Russ. And I saw the list that Michael Jordan was playing in that tournament. And I told my wife, I said, you know, if I get a chance to meet Michael Jordan, I'm going to tell him if he could have gone to his left, he could have been one of the real good ones. Hmm. <laughs> right? As a wise guy. So I go into this room, and it's and you have to have an all-access pass to get in this room. And I'm having a soda and a sandwich. And sitting at the table to my right is Greg Maddox and John Smoltz. And sitting over here is Mike Ruzioni and George Gervin and Johnny Bench. And I just walk in on my own, sit down at the table by myself, and Michael Jordan walks in. And he's walking around to each table, shaking hands, slapping five with guys. And he comes to my table. He goes, how you doing? I'm Michael. And for the first and only time in my life, I went, and nothing came out. And, you know, he put his arm around. He said, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And he walked away. And I got up and I ran to my car because I was so embarrassed. As I'm getting to my car, I'm reading some of the pamphlets. They were raising money for a home that helped mentally retarded people. And I think he, I think he thought that I, because I couldn't, I couldn't talk. Yeah. And my wife and my son, to this day, when I get too big for my britches, they go, hey, how did that Michael Jordan meeting go? And I go, man, not well. Not well. He, yeah, he yeah. could, he, boy, he could hit a golf ball. Holy cow. He hit it a long way. Hmm. Yeah, he, I heard he's good. I, uh, I don't know how good he is these days, but when, you know, back, I don't know, it was probably eight to ten years ago, I've always heard, like, man, that dude can play. 
Yeah, he can definitely play. Hey, Russ, the San Francisco Giants uh, got beat. The Cubs uh, scored four. And, I, I watched it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and and they beat them. And I'm wondering, as as an ex-Giant, do you root for the Giants at this point? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I always root for the Giants um, and the and the Braves, and you know, I mean, um, the D-backs. You know, I mean, all all the teams that I play for. I mean, I I, I still you know hold interest uh, watching them, and uh, because it's and you know not only because they gave me they gave me they all gave me an opportunity to to play, but uh, because there's a lot of people within each organization that are great people. And so you want to root for them. And the giants gave me, they drafted me and went through their farm system and, um, and, and stayed with them while I was there for a total of six years in the big leagues. And, and so I got to meet a lot of great people and a lot of them are still there. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably one of the main reasons why I still root for them. Bobby Evans, who's their GM now, he was, he was a player development guy in the minor league when I got drafted, and and he's worked his way up to to GM. And Brian Sabian, obviously, is uh, I think he's a what is he's a president, I believe, of the team. And um, anyways, but he's he's there, you know, when I got drafted, and he was a GM at the time, and all through my playing career. And so, um, yeah, so a lot of great people. Uh, that are still there, so I, so I definitely root for them. But, but I root. I mean, I really. I know this sounds uh, could sound cliche or whatever, but I mean, I I base I root for baseball. I mean, I love the game, and um, and I know Chicago winning is good for the game, and that's uh, that was fun to watch. It was it was a great last two games that they played, and um, and it's a short series. So it is, if, yeah. You know you. You make a couple mistakes, and next thing you know, the series is over. Yeah. Well, I, you know, uh, for that game when the Cubs came back, I, I was tired, and I stayed up until the top of the ninth. I stay up till the top of the ninth, go to bed, wake up the next day, get in my car, hit uh, sports station, and the first thing I hear is a lot of celebrating in Chicago last night. I thought you got to be kidding me. I stayed up till the top of the ninth and didn't stay up till the end of the game. And I just didn't see I didn't see I didn't think the Cubs were gonna come back on that one. I thought for sure it was going to game five. <clears throat> hey Russ, before we get to a break, where did you grow up and, and and when did you start playing baseball? And was baseball the only sport that you played? Uh well I grew up in Southern California in in Van Nuys, uh California. And uh, with my brother uh, and my grandparents, uh, my mom, you know, she she got divorced when uh, my brother and I were really, really young, and um, and then we never saw our dad after that, really, and uh, for really for the rest of our life, um, you know. And so just us, us two, my mom and my grandparents, and we lived with my grandparents growing up. They were right. Uh, down the road from the elementary school and junior high, and so it made more sense for us to stay there. And she worked for the LAPD uh, in downtown Los Angeles, so uh, she worked kind of crazy hours as a 911 dispatcher. So we, uh, it would have been tough for us to to uh, stay with her all the time with the hour that she she had. So, so anyway, so we 
grew up there in, in Van Nuys and uh, started playing baseball uh, officially when I was five. Um, we learned how to play from my mom and my grandpa. And, and uh, yeah, so from age five, uh, except for, you know, 2008 when I, uh, when I had my elbow surgery the year before, uh, I played every I played baseball every season from age five to age thirty five. So um, minus that one year uh, from elbow surgery. So I've done it all. I did it, you know. I mean, pretty much all my sure. life. And, um, and uh, I played JV football, you know, a couple years, ninth and tenth grade in high school for fun, you know, um, and then stopped because I. I wasn't gonna do any uh, do anything there, so I just just played bat, uh, baseball, and that's it. And so, um, but yeah, just grew up in San Fernando Valley there, and in Southern Cal, and and then off from there went to the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, I want to talk to you more about that. Yeah, I do. real quick, <laughs> hey, real quick, because he's chopping at the bit to talk about Oklahoma. Um, were you recruited pretty heavily out of California? Um, somewhat. I mean. I was recruited pretty heavily by a couple schools, um, Long Beach State, Sacramento State, uh, and then so-so by a couple other schools like, you know, USD, UCLA. I mean, had Pepperdine, you know, had the opportunity to go there, but I, I wasn't going to get I wasn't gonna get a full scholarship, so uh, it's going to be tough for us to, to afford to do that. And, and then uh, my pitching coach uh, at the time, he – knew the coaches at Oklahoma and said, hey, what about Oklahoma? I was like, I only know OU football. That's the only thing I've ever heard about Oklahoma is football and maybe a little basketball. But um, so I was like, he said, the coaches are great. I said, all right, we'll take a look. And, and uh, uh, But I didn't, I didn't have like a ton of offers. I mean, I did well. Uh, I played for a little school in California. You go from small school, 1A, all the way up to 5A. And we were a 1A school, and uh, we were very, very good. But, um, but, and I did very well. But you know, I didn't rec- get recruited a ton. I didn't get drafted um, out of high school at all. Uh, and I think that was that was kind of disappointing for me because I was like, man, at least you know, at least 20, 20th round, 30th round. Right, give me something. Uh, yeah, you think you know, you would think something, but. Uh, but uh, you know what? I mean, that's I just I know we're gonna get into that, but I just I just look back at that and say, you know what? It was all God's timing, you know, the way God laid it out. Because the very next year is uh, when I got uh, saved and at the University of Oklahoma. So obviously, uh, you know, God uh, was having me go through Oklahoma. Uh, in, in order to meet him. Yeah, that's a great segue. And we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll come back with, with that part of, of your life for us. What what a difference going from, from California to Oklahoma. My goodness. Hey, <laughs> oh, we'll we'll, talk, that, we'll right. talk a little bit about that as well on the other side of the break. Our special guest for the entire hour, uh, Russ Ortiz, former major league pitcher. And and trust me, when I started telling people, and we work for a sports station, that we're going to have Russ Ortiz on uh, Faith in the Zone, man, a lot of people saying, oh, I remember him. He he was the ace for this team and this team. Another guy came over and said, oh, I, I've got his card. Can, he, can you get him to sign it? I said, no, <laughs> can't do any of that. Hey, let's get to a break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. 
the fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Our special guest, former Major League uh, pitcher Russ Ortiz, played for the San Francisco Giants, Atlanta Braves, the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, Houston Astros, the Yankees, Colorado Rockies. Russ, real quick, before we get into to, to your testimony, the, the group of teams that you played for, was there one city or one location that uh, when you look back that you feel like that was the best place for you? Uh, I mean, I think because it, it was my first team, uh, the team that, I, that drafted me and first major league city that, you know, San Francisco always kind of hold a special place in my heart. Um, you know, they were the ones that, saw some something in me, you know, enough to draft me in the fourth round and, and give me an opportunity uh to start my professional career and and uh, like I mentioned earlier, just the, the people that were there, um, you know, it, it is like a, a family. I mean that's that's one of the great things about that organization is uh, you know, you're 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 part of the family. So um uh, you know and and that's where we my wife and I, you know, started our uh, life together, you know, we got married shortly before uh, the 98 season. And so, uh, you know, our time as a married couple building our family, uh, we, we were able to meet a lot of uh, other couples uh, that started their family at around the same time. And so, so we got to do life together with people and, and, you know, some of those people have become our closest friends. And, and so that, that's always going to be, you know, my favorite spot and um and then i i mean i I enjoyed it everywhere it was just i was with san francisco the longest that was probably one of the uh coldest places you've ever pitched wasn't it for the summer yeah so when you think of you know uh baseball being uh a summer sport you know the boys of summer the boys of summer you know that whole title like it uh you know, when you're in San Fran, yeah, you're you're just like this is not warm at all. And, <laughs> you know, you go back. I think it's some famous Mark Twain line. You know, the coldest uh, winter I've ever spent is a summer in San Francisco. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's uh, it's crazy. When we were at Candlestick Park, uh, the wind would just whip through, and as you're sitting in the dugout, and it's I mean, it's brutal. Um, it was brutal, but uh, what? Hey, County. Was, I mean, County Stadium in Milwaukee in April. Before Miller Park came about, and we had now we have the roof, man. There, the opening day for at County Stadium, it, it would be you know there'd be snow on the ground. There'd be people tailgating for six hours before game time, and everybody's in parkas. I man, I, Milwaukee is nuts. You, if you thought Candlestick Park, I'm sure you played enough games in Milwaukee. To, to know that September, back in the days when when you were playing and before Miller Park, man, County Stadium was brutal. Yeah, I, I only went there, I think, uh, one year or two years. And, you know, I just, I remember pulling up. We'd, we'd pull up, our buses pull up to the stadium. And, um, 
And at that time, it was quite honestly, it was like, man, this is like pulling up to a minor league park. Yeah, you know? uh, it was. If, <laughs> there and, you know, I think uh, one year, my, I think it was one year, maybe, I may, no, no, I think it was just Milwaukee. So, but anyways, it was just, yeah, it was just, it was not great. No. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but candle, you know, yeah, candlestick, I mean, it's just, it's just because of the wind. I mean, it was brutal, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we play in Colorado early in the year, I mean, it's freezing. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been other places too where, sure. you know, it's cold. I don't know if we ever went to Milwaukee early in the season, but um, probably just Colorado what? was the, hey, the, the coldest place. Hey, you know, uh, you, should, you, should, you should make a trip here in February. I'll, I'll, in fact, I'll buy the plane ticket, Russ. We'll have you come up in in the middle of February, and we'll kind of hang out. I'll take you to lunch. Yeah, we'll take you to lunch. <laughs> That'll be it. Hey, hey let's yeah. uh, if we can't go ahead, Pastor. Yeah, Russ. One thing we love to do on the show, and you you kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, we love to hear how people's you know how their journey of faith with with Jesus Christ begins. So we'd love for you to uh, to share your. Your, your testimony, you know, how, how you came to know Christ as your Savior. Yeah. Um, well, uh, like I said earlier, I, you know, grew up, my brother and I grew up in, in our grandparents' home. And, and uh, so being um, Hispanic, uh, you know, we have a Catholic background. and But uh, because my grandma was uh, sick and uh, a lot, and, you know, we, we stopped going to, to church pretty early. I mean, I would say easily before we were eight, 10. And so, um, so there's not much, uh, you know, history in, 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 with church for, for us, but, uh, but there was kind of always like, yeah, you know, I believe in God and, and all that stuff, but didn't really understand anything. And, and, uh, and it wasn't until high school, my pitching coach, uh, he was the first, uh, Christian person that I knew, uh, first, person that I, you know, was close to that, that was a Christian. And, and, uh, and so I got to understand a little bit about what that was. I mean, honestly, he, he's an awesome guy. He still is. And, um, but I was like, I I didn't really care all that much because I was like, I just want to play baseball and be a professional baseball player. So Mm -hmm. that was my focus. You know, that was, that was my thing. So, um, but he did make a, def- a definite impact on me. And so when I got to Oklahoma, uh, pretty quick, just kind of, you know, connected with some other freshman guys. And and so we started to, uh, you know, go, we'd go to eat and things like that and, and hang out. And, and I quickly found out uh, all three of the guys that I mostly hung out with were Christians. Hmm. And... So I'm just like, all right, you know, these guys are awesome and everything. And and after a little bit of time, I started to to recognize, you know, there's there's just, there's something different about them that that I've never really seen in in kids my age. And so un, coming to understand that, you know, they have a relationship with Jesus was was the big difference. And the thing that really did it for me was, you know, because I was there. To, to, to try to work my way to becoming a professional ball player, to become a major league ball player, and that was my only focus. And um, I just, you know, being away from my family for the first time for an extended period of time, I was just like, what if this doesn't work out? Then what? 
you know, what am I going to do? Um, and so it, it made me a little, you know, nervous. I put a little, you know, I started putting a little more pressure on myself. And and these guys are in the same position. They had the dream of going playing the major leagues, but there's this piece about them that I was like, man, they don't, they get after it, and that's important to them. But you know, they're they're just there's a calmness about them that I don't have, and that most people, you know, with my uh, the same goals that I have, you know, don't have. And so, uh, yeah, so it just interested interested me, and and uh, so I just I would ask them about it, and ask more, and ask more, and and then uh, they invited me to go to FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. To go to the huddles there, and I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. I mean, and um, so they were in the football stadium, and which was across the street from our dorms or with the athletic dorms. And so every Wednesday, I started going, and and that was the first time I really heard the gospel. And um, but just seeing all these athletes, you know, football players, basketball, you know, you know, girls basketball, girls volleyball, all these other sports um, there, you know, represented, and just the love that they, they had. And, and I was just like, man, this is really cool, you know, that you have these athletes that are big-time athletes, but then, you know, their whole demeanor changes when they come together as a group. And, and so uh, so after just attending these huddles, you know, obviously God was working on my heart. And and uh, so I came to a point where it's just like, you know, I want Jesus in my life, but I don't know what to do. And I was too afraid to ask. and And so... I think about a week or two went by, um, and Keith Jackson, who, you know, yeah. you all know if you're up there in sure. the Wisconsin area, you know, oh, yeah. great tight end uh, for Eagles and, and the Packers. Um, he was there as a guest speaker, you know, a former player for OU, and and he was just sharing his testimony and, and talking, you know, just sharing the gospel, and, and at the end, he gave an invitation. and. Uh, yeah, so then it was one of those things where, you know, I've, I've been wondering how to do it. I was afraid to ask, how do I do it? And and then, there, you know, there was Keith Jackson saying, here's how you do it. And and so, so that night, uh, my life changed, you know, forever. And um, it was really cool to find out later on that all my friends that, you know, knew – where I was at, you know, my journey, you know, I was just, you know, not, not there yet. Um, I found out that they'd been praying for me for a yeah. long time. And yeah. um, I didn't find out until years later though. So, um, and, but, uh, but that was really cool to find out, you know, later on that, because as well as I, I realize now, like, I think, I think we were told to, to stay sitting. Yeah. So everybody stand up. You know, if you want to pray to receive Christ, stay sitting in your seat and stuff like that. So I did. And as soon as we said, you know, it's, well, then, you know, uh, we prayed. Um, and then he's like, okay, everybody stand up. And and then we finished off praying together. And so as soon as we opened our eyes, like probably like 10 people came over. And I was just like, Wait a minute! How are they, how did they know everybody's eyes are supposed to be? Closed? <laughs> yeah, they were they were uh, peeking. They've been know? praying for you, so they and were peeking. So, yeah, so obviously, you know, knowing now, I'm just like, anytime there's an invitation, and 
especially with people that are close to you, your friends or family, you know, you, you know, I know that like you peak, you know, you're, just, you're like, looking, you're looking. You yeah. So, uh, but, uh, at the time it was just, uh, yeah. I mean, it was the greatest, you mm. know, uh, moment of my life and, you know, something that, uh, um, I love, you know, I love doing, I love sharing, sharing that story, you know, because just, especially with other athletes that have, have the same mindset that I had, which is just all you want to do is just play sports and you just want everybody to move out of your way, everything else to move out of your way so you can, you know, achieve your, your dream and get to the, the highest level of that particular sport. And, Weird. and um, Weird. So that, that was me. And, and, you know, once I was presented with the gospel and, and really felt, you know, God's present in my life and it was, you know, it, it was just all about, you know, like that irresistible grace, you know, it's just like it, it was for me irresistible. Um, and, uh, uh, and it, yeah, it's yeah, a night, obviously, I will, I'll never forget. And, and, and to know that I'm still friends and in contact with the, the people that I was close with at that time is, is, uh, is really special. We're talking to former Major League pitcher Russ Ortiz. Pastor? Yeah, and Russ, uh, you know, we have folks that might be listening going, oh, man, I, I mean, I want to do that. You know, what? what is the gospel? And and probably if you remember people talking to you, they would usually just tell you the gospel is good news. You know, it's that we're sinners and that we can't come to God, and yet people are always trying to do do whatever they have to do or whatever they think their church is telling them they have to do to live with God. But Jesus said it so plainly, he said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And I, I guarantee, you know, before you even got to it about your, your buddies praying for you, I, I already knew. I, I thought, man, I, they've already been praying for him for a long time. And then Keith Jackson comes and, and gives that gospel message that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and he can take away your sin. And uh, for those listening, it might be you're in that boat and you're, you're thinking, man, I, I want what Russ has. I want what a lot of the guests have, have shared and demonstrated on Faith in the Zone. It's simple. It's, it, it is a simple plan of salvation where you recognize your sinful condition and you invite Jesus to come into your life and to save you from your sins. And uh, Russ, I remember where I was when I made that decision in my life. And uh, it, it is. It's life-changing. doesn't mean we're... You know, we're, we're never going to uh, not sin or not do something wrong. But as far as our relationship, it's a done deal because it's been set through through the blood and the shed blood of Jesus Christ for us. That's awesome. Guys, we got to get to a break. The other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation. You know, Russ, you, real quick, you, you talked about your buddies were all praying for you. When when uh, when I went to uh, Eastside Baptist and got on my knees with Pastor Darrell, he, uh, I walked in on a Sunday night. He said, uh, I knew you'd be here. I said, how'd you know I'd be here? He said, your wife's been praying for you for years. I knew you'd show up one day. Guys, let's get to a break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest 
It's a good one. Former Major League pitcher Russ Ortiz. Russ, thank you so much for for sharing your testimony. We've had a number of professional or ex-professional athletes on the show, and I love asking this question. Uh, Was it easier for you to walk worthy in the locker room or outside of the locker room? And, and, you know, Don Beebe, I asked that too. He played for the, the Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills. And for him, it was a lot easier in the locker room because there's a lot of Christian men uh, in the Packer locker room that they were holding him accountable. And I'm wondering for you as a Major League uh, Baseball pitcher, was it easier in the locker room or outside of the locker room? Uh, for me, it was easier outside. I mean, it wasn't bad in inside the locker room, but it, I mean, uh, but what was easier was was outside. Um, and then, and a lot of it has to do with my wife, uh, you know, being uh, uh, my partner, and and you know, also a sister in Christ, and and um, and then the friends, you know, that we had around us. And so I think you know that. That made it a little easier, um, but at, at the at the field, I mean, when you know when you're a rookie, you're a young guy. I mean, really, it's all about being seen and not heard. Uh, and so, you know, I'm pretty reserved, anyways. And but so I, I being in the clubhouse at uh, was a 23 years old. Um, you know, with my first year, I mean, I, I was. I just took it all in, and so, uh, so when it was time for chapel, I went to chapel. When you know, and and just try to keep my nose clean and and everything. And my first year, I had Oral Horsheiser there, and you know, at the time, mm-hmm. um, you know, he he had probably been one of the biggest names as far as you know Christian ball players is concerned. And so, um, I had him, and once he found out that I was a believer as well, that you know, we connected pretty good, and and uh, hung around a little bit, and I got to meet friends of his that, uh, you know, were either pastors or other chaplains or just, you know, special people in his life that uh, have influenced him. And so, so that was really cool. I mean, he kind of took care of me a little bit in that in that sense. And But uh, uh, really, I mean, my, my year before I got to the major leagues in 97, when I was in AAA, it was probably – probably one of the two years uh, or, or in my top two, I was number one as far as the years, as far as growth and fellowship and all that stuff. And, and in uh, my second, my number two was uh, when, when I was my time with the Braves, uh, you know, being there guys with like John Smoltz and Paul Bird and um, Adam LaRoche and, um, uh, who else? and well, the the chaplain there, Tim Cash, who was a part of a baseball ministry that uh, at the time that uh, we were involved with in the off seasons, and and so so there was a you know a small group of us that uh, got together a lot and fellowshiped a lot and and everything, and so we and held each other accountable a lot, and so yeah, so with my time with the Giants, you know, um, I kind of became known as you know. As a Christian, and and people respected that, and and like I said, you know, I try to just keep keep my nose clean and and my head down, and just go out there and and do everything I can to uh, to perform well, and mm-hmm. for the team and for the city and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah so I mean, that was that was it, and and so all through my whole playing career, I, I honestly could say I never had any 
any trouble, you know, someone trying to catch me doing something or, or, you know, have calling me a hypocrite or saying anything. I mean, you know, I, I think, um, you know, it was just, I was blessed to, to feel like, you know, I had people that, um, I think respected me and, you know, the times when I did mess up and, and things like that, um, you know, they, they're just like, Hey, you know, to kind of like, give me that, that look. And I'm just like, yeah, I know I messed up my, you know, I'm sorry. And, and, mm-hmm. and so they are, it was almost kind of like, well, Hey, you're allowed, you know, you know, you're going to mess up or you're allowed to mess up. <laughs> sure. they really give me the grief, you know, where, where I saw from the other side of the clubhouse, other guys that are Christians, I mean, they gave them grief, you know? Um, so I don't know if it's just God protected me from all that or if it's just, um, I don't know what it was, but, um, but I've, you know, I've seen guys in the locker room, you know, get called hypocrites and, and blah, blah, all that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, that never happened to me. Um, well, be th- so, be thankful uh, yeah. for that. I mean that that is a tremendous testimony there, right there, Russ. Uh, you know, we had uh, Tony Dungy on, and he he would talk a lot about you know the that that God gives you a platform, and obviously God gave you a platform being in the major leagues, uh, you know, for the glory of God, and and I'm sure as you got out there and as a believer, you know, wanted to honor the Lord with all that. I, I had one question for you, Russ. When, when you met Stacy. Uh, what was she, did you meet her at Oklahoma? Yes. Okay. Yeah, those Oklahoma girls. Uh, I married an Oklahoma girl. I love it. Hey, uh-huh. but but when was she a believer? When before you, or was she? Did she come to the Lord after after you accepted accepted Christ? Uh, no, she was already a believer, and um, she grew up in a Christian home, and and she got saved. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, at a uh, fairly young age and and mm-hmm. so uh but the the one thing is that you know she uh kind of i guess got off track a little bit um you know a little bit in high school a little bit in college before we, before we met and uh so really you know I was a young believer and she had a, a ton more knowledge than me but as far as like our uh experience with god um we we kind of went through um you know the same experience together to where she was really you know she uh she realized at the time she's like well yeah i've always believed in god and try to follow him and 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 all that stuff but kind of got off track and and now that we met and we started dating it was and it was kind of like you know she was rededicating herself Mm-hmm. Uh, to the Lord and and uh, really we were kind of on the same track you know as far as like our relationship with God and and so that was one of the cool things is that we were able to like, grow together, together yeah and, grow together even though she yeah. had a bunch of knowledge even though she had a bunch of knowledge um, she you know didn't really uh, walk with him a whole lot in the past you know few years leading up to to college, and so, so we got to go on this journey. Start start mm-hmm. on my journey with someone that, um, that uh, you know, can walk with me, and and that was one of the really cool things that uh, that happened. 
Hey, hey, Russ, real quick, we just got a couple minutes before we have to get to a break. Uh, the name of the company uh, that, that you own, that you started, is it Second Guy Golf and Second Girl Golf? Is that the name of the company? Well, it, that's where it started off as, yeah. And so we um, changed it to 2GG Apparel. Um, so it still stands for Second Guy Golf and Second Girl Golf. But we changed it to 2GG Apparel. Um, and so, yeah, so we've been going for... What is it? Well, really, 13, 14, 15, so four years now. Good I mean, for you. Three and a half years. So, how, um, yeah. how would people get involved if, if they want to get involved and understand that um, 100% of the proceeds of this, um, and it's certainly unique, 100% of their of the net uh, proceeds goes to charity. Um, what What is the website for if people want to get involved with that? Uh, the website is uh, 2ggapparel.com, and uh, yeah, they can go on and on our site and not only see our product, but also see our, our, our mission statement, what at the heart of our, our brand is all about. And, and yeah, it's given 100% of our net profits to charity. Uh, I, I started this company with a, a love, passion for golf and for giving back, which started from my time in, in the big leagues, and, and so... Now that I was done, I wanted to make sure what I did uh, had some tremendous impact, and and uh, and I was loving what I was going to be doing, you know. So besides my family, this is something that you know is a passion of mine, and uh, just kind of really took a big, step, you know, leap of faith to sure. uh, start a business and to to employ people um, in in a in a world that I didn't really know anything about, and uh, but. Uh, but it's been great. It's been fun. Uh, we've been uh, growing every year, and and we've been able to to feed uh, a ton of people, um, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people, and and been able to help um, some girls in the Philippines, you know, that, that are part of a rescue home down there. That uh, my me and my family, where we've been involved with them for a number of years, and so uh, so yeah, so it's a really great Good. opportunity to. To do some things, so when you buy, you know, from us, you also give to somebody else. Yeah, it's 2ggapparel.com. That's 2ggapparel.com. Guys, let's get you a break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Young Express. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest is a good one, man. Russ Ortiz, former Major League pitcher. And Mr. Ortiz, no, to you. I'm talking yeah. smack. He's yeah. lucky I'm not going to yeah. be in that alumni game at Oklahoma. <laughs> I dig in. I might go lefty. I might. Hide inside in fact, rest. I might just bunt one and beat it down. Oh. No, man, maybe oh. not. Okay, Mr. Ortiz, I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, yesterday, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm all nervous because I'm such a fan, and and now I'm talking that in batting practice, bat left-handed. I'm gonna hit lefty and spray him, <laughs> or I'm gonna take you deep. That's. I've seen you hang a curveball or two, right? I'm going to knock one out of the park. 
That's all right. I mean, I, <laughs> Mary, uh, what, what, that's what's, only one run. That's one thing I, I learned. That's only one run, but I guarantee you it won't happen again. <laughs> yeah, I, it won't happen the first time. Trust me, Russ. <laughs> hey, real quickly, because we only have about uh, three minutes left. Um, your wife, had, you have three kids, correct? Correct, yes. Yeah, three Hi. kids, two girls and a boy, 15, 12, and 8. Wow, oh, that's a good time. That's of life. awesome. Yeah, is is the eight year old? Is he? Uh, is he going to be a pitcher? Uh, no, he uh, does not like sports. So, uh, well, right now, I should say, right now, he does that. He he's done the soccer and t ball and all that, and right now, he's just just not his cup of tea. And, no worries uh, on that. Is, which, obviously, which is which is fine. I mean, I could really care less, but. Uh, so he's doing right now. He's he's involved in karate, and it's awesome to to watch him do that. And then, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, my one of my little hopes was that it'd be cool if he played baseball, because then, you know, I'd love to be able to just try to coach and and have fun with that. Yeah, you hey, bet. Hey, Russ, what was one of your more exciting? We only got a couple minutes. What was one of your more exciting uh, baseball games that you remember that just stand out to you? Uh, for me personally, I mean, it, it's definitely the the World Series. Pitting twice in the World Series, um, you know, I did terrible my first 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 one in Game Two, and then I uh, got an opp- opp- another opportunity in Game Six, and you know, probably pitched one of the better games of my life. Even if even though it was only six in the third, I mean, it was you know probably the best six in the third innings that I've ever thrown, and. Um, you know, gave us a chance to win. We I came out when we were winning five nothing, and I uh, gave up two singles, and they took me out, and and then we ended up losing that game, um, and then losing the World Series the next night. But oh. uh, yeah, that so so far as personally, you know that that game, and then also the game I won uh, twenty. I got my twentieth win with Atlanta, which is actually the following year in Atlanta after I got traded, and um, which was really cool because. We won the game one nothing. I threw a complete game shutout. I I knocked in the the only. Oh, well, you did it all. Uh, yeah. So and then the the day before was a day off, and we had clinched the division. I think it was for the twelfth time in a row um, for the Braves, and and so uh, that that game I I pitched and got my twentieth win and all that stuff, and then. We uh, celebrated winning the division. That's perfect. Hey guys, we've got to get to a get uh, to a break. Russ Ortiz, thank you so much. Like I said, sir, I, I was a big fan of yours as a baseball player. I'm a bigger fan of yours now as a man. And and thank as you, a to brother t- in Christ. Yeah, you too. bet. Yeah. Thank you to Tom Roy from UPI to hooking us up. Uh, Russ, uh, have a great weekend. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great meeting you guys. You bet. Yeah, thank he you, is Russ. Russ Ortiz. Pastor's good to see you again. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.